Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. It is Friday. That means we're only days away from figuring out if the Dolphins are going to get into the moving vehicle or hide behind the chainsaws. Welcome into Finsider Radio. My name is Jake Mendel. Joining me as he does each and every show is Joshua House. And Josh, we're off to a bad start to begin the day. Uh, you know, we, we DM that we don't text. We don't Facebook Messenger. Our, our formal way of communication is DMs. Uh, both you and I started having conversations about this podcast in the wrong group chat. So we're off to a strong start. Uh, we're punting on fourth down and we're going to see if the defense can clean it up a little bit. Yeah, we just took a delay game with Jason Sanders and getting ready to kick a 55 yard field goal. But I also told you, Jake, I was running a little bit late because my daughter uh, went straight up exorcist and just vomited all over the vehicle. So uh, we're definitely in shambles, but we hope the Dolphins can you know perform better than this podcast this Sunday. <laughs> That's that's all we could hope for, Josh. And I was going through the rundown talking about, hey, you know, it kind of seems like a 
good sign that both Xavier Howard and Devontae Parker traveled with the team to London. However, that isn't the case as the Dolphins reported on Friday that both Howard and Parker have been ruled out for Sunday's game against the Jaguars. Josh, I know the first instinct we have is to be incredibly concerned because it's safe to say that Xavier Howard and Devontae Parker are two of the team's top players. If you're to look at just Madden ratings, I mean, these have to be two of the top, what, four or five guys. But I think it's important to add some context here, especially when we think about the fact that, you know, it's not just going to be the idea that Xavier Howard isn't on the field. It's the fact that Xavier Howard injured isn't going to be on the field because I think we're already forgetting that he allowed six of nine balls to be caught that were in his direction for 123 yards and three touchdowns just a week ago. Yeah, a lot of people want to forget about that. And, you know, a lot of people kind of overlook just how bad this secondary has been. So um, I think these are two very dynamic players. I mean, Devontae Parker's arguably one of the most explosive, you know, playmakers on offense than Xavier Howard. We talked all offseason long about, you know, him probably being the best player on this roster. I mean, he didn't look that way last week, but with him out of the lineup, man, I mean, I thought we were sitting here feeling pretty good about this. I joked, maybe they're just taking the trip over there so they can sightsee, but um, it's unfortunate <laughs> that they're not playing. And, you know, next man up, right? Nick Needham's going to, jump on the boundary most likely. I don't know if that means, you know, Justin Coleman inside. Those guys need to step up because for as dreadful as the Jacksonville Jaguars have been, they do have some playmakers. Yeah, Josh, and I think it starts first and foremost with LaVisca Chanel and uh, Marvin Jones. And it's important. It's kind of funny to look back to last season where the Dolphins and Jaguars played on Thursday night. And that was kind of the turning point for the Dolphins. They picked up their first win and Jacksonville, I, I think they, what were they? I think they were one and one and Minshew mania was, was all the craze and the Dolphins won that game. Uh, so it's interesting to see that, that a year later, this is kind of the same scenario where the Jaguars are falling a little bit and the Dolphins have an opportunity if they can take advantage of it. Josh, I got to ask you, you bring up the fact that Nick Nita might move to the outside plan, the boundary, but he's been such a great slot corner this year. Uh, do you have any thoughts on maybe just trying to plug someone on the boundary instead of moving too many pieces? Because, I mean, it felt like that with the offensive line for years that uh, Jesse Davis, Nate Gardner, whoever it may be, when, when someone would start to come in, a few other pieces would have to slide around. And I just don't always know if that's the best way to go about things in terms of just maybe trying to Band-Aid one spot instead of, you know, shuffling the entire deck. I think you're right, Jake. And it'll be interesting to see the way they approach this because, you know, it's a Brian Flores defense. You know, they love versatility. They love mm -hmm. doing the unexpected. I guess for me, it's just seeing Nick Needham, I guess, have success on the perimeter when you really can't rely on Noah Igbenogany to be out there. I mean, I don't even like Justin Coleman playing nickel, to be honest, because, I mean, he's been pretty <laughs> yeah, bad. Been so, uh, I, you know, as strong as the secondary looked, I mean, we might be relying on a Trill Williams or one of those other guys to step up. So I do think it'll be Nick Needham, but you're right. You shuffle too many things around and then you're going to have those same communication issues that we saw previously, and that's no way to play football. Josh, you mentioned Noah Igbenogany, and I think the key here is if you're a player who is second, him to be third active, stringer. For him, to be, for him to be active, is that the key? That, that That's a great way to start is having him actually active and have the helmet on his head. But it's all about the opportunity you're given, and this seems like an opportunity for Igbenogany to be active. Byron Jones is even questionable. He's been on the injury report for seems like three weeks now at this point. This is a good opportunity for Igbenogany to step in and make a statement. You're not going to have this many chances, or you're not going to have a lot of open chances like this where you can kind of lock into a, a decent secondary, we hope, against the offense that has struggled, we hope. Uh, obviously, everything's a lot 
cleaner to say, especially as a Dolphins fan. But but that is a situation I'm interested to see if they kind of just throw Igbenogany, put him out there on the corner, on the boundary, and let's just see what happens. It's not going to make a difference if the Dolphins win this game by seven or if they lose this game by seven, right? They either need to come out and show that, hey, we can kind of build the season back up, or if we're going to mess around with the Jaguars, we're going to mess around with the Jaguars and give up a top five pick. Oh, man, that, that hurts a little bit. I, I mean, I hope <laughs> this is that turnaround game, and I'm looking at the – um official flip card from the Miami Dolphins. And they do have a uh, Nick Needham listed behind Xavier Howard and no Igbenogany behind Byron Jones. So um, I guess it will be interesting to see. They also have Elijah Campbell in there at nickel behind mm-hmm. Justin Coleman. So um, we'll see the way they match up here, but uh, Jake, it, it does suck that Xavier Howard's out of the lineup and on offensively. I mean, we didn't really touch about it too much, but just Devonte Parker, what he can bring to that offense, right. what he allows his other guys to do. And to be completely honest, he's always that, been that guy that when he's in a one-on-one matchup, Tua just lets that thing go. I mean, we saw it previously. So sucks to have them both out, but again, next man up. And Josh, it's all about opportunities. We were talking about it with Noah Igbenogny, and and here we go. It seems like the Dolphins are going to have their franchise quarterback. I mean, we kind of recorded an entire show yesterday where we are under the impression that he was going to play, and all things are moving forward like Tua Tungavaloa is going to be the starter for the Miami Dolphins. So, Josh, this is the opportunity. You know, this is Tua's chance to kind of silence everyone. I don't know about you, but if you watch anything that kind of uh, national media related that, that talks about this game and they say who's going to be the better quarterback – Strictly on Sunday, Tua or, or Trevor Lawrence, everyone kind of scoffs at it and, and they kind of assume that it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, this is his chance to kind of come out and, and throw that first jab, even, you know, make it a haymaker, go out and, and score 14 points in that first quarter. Uh, and it is going to be a little harder without Devontae Parker. But, Josh, uh, this is what Brian Flores had to say. Assuming everything goes well in practice, Tua is going to start the game. And Tua added, I thought this was the most interesting part of all. I've had a rib cage protector, but we've made some adjustments to what I'm going to wear. I might still just being a homer on this, Josh, but if you're adjusting from a rib cage protector, that has to be a pretty good sign that you don't need the entire cage. And you, who knows, he might just have like a little pad on at this point. This kind of seems like lingo for I'm feeling pretty good. And we're even cutting down on some of the protection I have to wear. I could be hundred percent wrong. We could always be 100% wrong, but uh, we usually are. Yeah, we normally are. I I was actually told by our um, level headed Patrick, he said that we sounded like two 14 year old girls fanboying over uh, um, Justin Bieber. So I think we did our, I think we did good in that last podcast. We, you know, achieved what we wanted to do. But uh, Jake, it is nice to have our starting quarterback back. And, you know, uh, again, one and four back against the wall. You got to open this thing up and you just hope Tua Tonvaloa proves the doubters wrong. I mean, I think I joked about before, but it's literally that Greg Jennings Madden clip where he's, you know, putting yep. the whole team on his back with a broken leg. I mean, limping down he, the field. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I can't wait to post that at some point, but I mean, if he can turn this around, I mean, then like you said, all those people scoffing at this, I mean, all those naysayers, uh, they'll have nothing more to do than just shut the hell up. So I think we're all rooting for Tua, but I guess at the same time, we need to temper expectations because he has been out three weeks. There's going to be some growing pains, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are struggling. Go out there, smell blood in the water and let Tua cook. I hate that. I always go back to that, but let Tua cook. But Josh, too, I, I don't know if I could really approve of allowing growing pains as a fan. Obviously, my standards as a fan is, are totally different. But this is kind of what the Dolphins wanted. This is what Dolphin fans wanted. They wanted Tua to get healthy. Uh, he probably stayed on IR a little longer than he had to in terms of maybe he didn't even have to go there. This was Miami's way of forcing him not to be rushed back, having to have three weeks off. You go and get these two meatballs with the Jaguars and Falcons. I mean, this is the opportunity. I don't know if you can really have excuses here, Josh, especially after last week. Let's talk about a little bit the offensive line seems to be the same unit we saw last week how do you feel about that again it goes back to our last podcast I'm a little 
scared poopless, you know, to have Jesse Davis at right tackle. I mean, we all have flashbacks to that hit that he allowed AJ Epinesa to put on Tua, and that's the reason we're in this whole situation. I completely agree with what you're saying, though. There's no excuses. I mean, you drafted Tua to be this guy. At this point, he needs to go out there and be that guy. So completely agree with you there, but Jake, uh, I just feel a little uneasy that, again, um, Jesse Davis at the right side, but I am excited to see the way Eichenberg plays and maybe Austin Jackson again. I know some people were up and down. You know, some people on Twitter loved the way he looked. Some hated it. I mean, it's early. Let's see what he can welcome do. Welcome to Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to Twitter. Welcome to everything, it seems. But uh, yeah. I, I am a little uneasy about that right side. Otherwise, I really don't have an issue with it. What about you? Josh, I'm not used to seeing a bright spot offensive lineman come in, and that, that's kind of what Liam Eichenberg has been through two weeks, right? Two starts at left tackle, and he's been a, a pretty solid addition right over there. Austin Jackson, again, Josh, I think this is a work in progress. I, I kind of like the move. It seemed like he was comfortable. At, you know, we can talk about his play all we want, but the biggest thing I'm focused on is, is penalties, man. You know, he didn't have a single penalty last week. I remember the biggest reason I think the Laramie Tunsil deal was an absolute steal is because he is a fantastic left tackle. He can stay in front of everyone, but it seemed like two, three years in a row, he was one of the most flagged offensive tackles in the entire league. And if you can just play a clean football game, if you give up a couple pressures, if you even give up a sack once in a while, that is okay. If it's not, you know, a 15 yard penalty before you even get a shot to make something happen. Completely agree, Jake. And I guess the thing that a lot of people have been shown is that one clip of Austin Jackson. I think he thought Jacoby Brissett got sacked. He was looking up mm-hmm. at the, the Jumbotron to see if the play still went on. So, um, you know, we're splitting hairs here, but I like to see at least a little bit of improvement. And like you said, those penalties went down, but you have written here, Brian Flores doesn't have to tell us the truth for what it's worth. So, you know, just because he said that yeah. they're going to stick with this offensive line, maybe that's exactly what he wants the Jacksonville Jaguars to think. Before we head into our five keys, Jake, we do have to throw out the Jacksonville Jaguars injuries. Marvin Jones had not been practicing due to personal reasons. And Miles Jack, their playmaking linebacker, I know a lot of Dolphin fans loved him pre-draft. He is out for this game. So that's a pretty big blow to that defense. And again, when you're trying to go out there and get this offense going, not having Miles Jack opposite of you, I mean, that's, that's a step in the right direction. Josh, with Miles Jack being out, I think the biggest fear is that the Dolphins get beat by Josh Allen again, right? I think that's probably the one thing that sticks out yeah. to me is, is Josh Allen on that defensive line, especially he's going to be going against Liam Eikenberg. So that, you know, we, we joke, but that's going to be probably the battle that can do a lot of dictating to this game. And, and Josh, that was the greatest segue you could possibly give me. So let's get into it. Five things to watch. I have to say, I think I like things to watch better because of the keys to the game. Uh, we did those a couple of times and I read our rundowns and the keys to the game. Score points, run the football, have success on third down, (laughs) hold the other team to less points than you. Don't punt. (laughs) Yeah, they were pretty bad. Okay. So we'll go five. So so we're going to, we're going to do five things to watch. And and I think a good way to start is will the team continue to get miles Gaskin involved with the offense? It seems like it's been up and down in terms of the snaps, but Josh, this is a player who has gotten 14 or more touches in three of the last five weeks in terms of what he can do through the air and on the ground. I know we look a little concerned. We look a little panicked when we see that he only had five carries last week for 25 yards. But I think when you go and look at some of those receptions he had, it goes back to what we love to say, you know, you're running it through the air. And I think that kind of was a strong indication that as Tua gets more comfortable, I think Miles Gaston is going to go back to the player he was last year. I thought last week was a good start to that, but I think we're going to start to see less uh, Malcolm Brown and even less Salvan Ahmed. We'll start to see that. I, think I don't know give me your thoughts 
Malcolm Brown's music to my ears, but I would like to see Salvinok Meg get a little more involved. But I mean, I guess the Dolphins just taking the ball to Miles Gaskin's hands really the biggest fear here, right? I mean, you mentioned the five carries last week. We would have loved to see that go up more. But when you're getting 10 targets in the passing game, I mean, yes, it yep. goes back to what we always say. So they need to go out there. They need to establish this run game. And again, it goes back to how that offensive line works. But um, Jake, Miles Gaskin had an awesome game last week, and I hope he can go out there in London and, and build on that with Tua Tonovaloa at quarterback. Yeah, with the Jaguars, you know, they, they're 0-5, Josh. I mean, I don't think I'm being revolutionary here when I say that they don't have a lot of talent. So I'm really, really hoping I'm going to be shooting too high for the clouds here. But I'd love to see the Dolphins put together a game plan where they can isolate the, the three or four guys in the Jaguars defense who can beat you and just take advantage of the pick on guys, you know, like Tom Brady did last week. I would love to see that. Again, I'm not trying to compare. I'm just saying build that offensive game plan where it isn't you know, pulling teeth just to kind of get down the field and have Jason Sanders come out for a false start and then punt it away. I just think it's funny that we're sitting here playing the Jags and we're still concerned about a Josh Allen one way or the other. Like he's just wanting <laughs> us no matter what. And I'm looking over their defense and they got some pieces. I was going to try to pronounce Clavion Chazon, but I, I'm not even going to bother. I think I just butchered that. So they do have great some, job, play- <laughs> yeah, great job. Josh. They do have some players there, Jake. Um, Another thing to watch and kind of something we definitely need to keep an eye on with Devontae Parker out of the lineup is can Preston Williams pick up where he left off last week? Or I guess last year, we could even say, Jake, last week he had three receptions for 60 yards. We remember the last time we saw him on the field, him and Tua Tonovaloa started to show that chemistry. So with Devontae Parker out of the lineup, with Preston Williams having that similar similar skill set and mold of a of that, again, quote unquote, number one wide receiver, I'm excited to see what he can do out there. And yes, Jacksonville has some decent corners, but um, Preston Williams last week looked like a legit playmaker. So hope he can build on that and hope he can open things up for some of those other guys like Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, some of them to get involved because um, it's going to be those guys coupled with Tua Tonvalo that's, that's going to give the Dolphins a chance this Sunday. Josh, I, I'm cutting to the point here a little bit, but I, I just want to say that I do think Preston Williams, if you're, you know, want to do a single game FanDuel or a single game DraftKings, not sponsors, uh, Preston Williams, Josh, I think he's the guy. I think he's so cheap. I think nobody's going to use him. And I think there's a chance he could become a big part of this offense with Tua coming back. We saw how the Dolphins use Preston Williams and they can do, they can do different things in terms of lining him inside. Preston Williams has this nice wiggle to him where he can escape defenders. And I think that's something Tua took advantage of last year. And I think that's something they can continue this year. So that's what I'm looking forward to Josh. But I do have to say, I mean, for every positive, there's a negative. I think it, it was Omar Kelly, uh, Sun Sentinel. He came out and said, there's talk that Preston Williams is struggling to digest the Dolphins playbook. And to me, that is just a little head scratching, especially when the offense, um, it's hard to digest in general, not just the playbook. Jake, it's funny because I actually went and looked on FanDuel for Preston Williams, uh, you know, how much he costs this week. And he's not even on there. I don't know what they're <laughs> yes. doing to us. I don't know what they're trying to. Oh, you know what? It's probably we're too woke. No, I think I think it's the thing I have set up, but you know, it doesn't do that early morning game. So so ignore gotcha, that. Gotcha. But um, you, you know, Jake, I do think that's a good play for um Fandle this week. I do want to throw out this quote from Tua because I don't know if he was taking a shot at the offensive coordinators, but um the way I took it, I would say a little bit. But he said, I think it's important to get all of our playmakers a chance early in the game so we can build off that momentum. I think that's one of the Mike things Sucky. we haven't I think that's one of the things we haven't done a good job in coming into this game. We want to start off strong and finish strong. So I don't Mike know Kisicki. if he was truly, yeah, Mike Kosicki, you know, <laughs> I guess Preston Williams, you know, Jalen Waddle. I mean, I, I, again, now I mean, let's go to Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen are the two guys we have blocking. Let, let's throw them passes early. No, Josh, this is such a great quote because I love when the quarterback can actually stand up. I'd so rather hear this kind of stuff and this, this kind of uh, outlet to express your feelings on the offense 
a lot better than a trainer that's just using his Twitter fingers. I thought this was a great comment from Tua. I agree with you, Jake. And it was nice to be able to hear Tua Tonavaloa go out there. And, you know, he, he did express some confidence and he does sound like he's completely ready to go out there. I think he even said, um, you know, I'm not 100% healthy, not 100% pretty, but I'm 100% ready to go out there and play. So that's what you want to hear from your starting quarterback, hoping, you know, we get some good things out of the offense. Moving on to number three, um, things to watch. Jaguars kicking proms, I guess. You know, we could even throw the Dolphins in there a little bit. You know, are they going to allow our kicker to kick it? But we have down here uh, New Jacksonville kicker Matthew Wright missed an extra point and field goal last week. Uh, the field goals may actually matter. Dolphins are scoring 15.8 points per game, which is 31st in the league. And the Jaguars are scoring 18.6 per game, which is 28th in the league. So, um, you know, two sluggish offenses that, you know, I hate to say it, but one of them has to give. And part of me just feels like the same old Dolphins. You know, it's going to be the Trevor Lawrence show, and they're going to go out there and do that. 250 for 250. I mean, it's 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 a little bit of a fear of mine for sure. I know this isn't the most flashy thing, but and I would love to see the Dolphins come out and win this game and, and run away with it. I think the roster is just three, four more times more talented than Jacksonville. But the Dolphins, you are what your record says you are. The Dolphins are one and four. They're on a four-game losing streak. Jacksonville's on a five-game losing streak. These are horrid offenses. And I thought this was important just for the fact I don't want us to be sitting there at 10-15 shocked if a Jacksonville Jaguar kick is the difference in this game, Josh, because when you're only scoring 18 points and when you're scoring only 15 points, three points, even one point is a lot and can certainly change the game. It's a game of inches. It's a game of points. And I mean, uh, let's hope that he continues that negative play. I mean, a missed extra point, a missed field goal last week. Let, let's have him go the whole blank and ship route. I mean, wasn't he just shanking field goals? Mason Crosby, mm -hmm. too, throw him out there. It's been a terrible week. Mason Crossbar. Mason Crossbar. It's been a terrible week for kickers. So hopefully uh, Matthew Wright, you know, can have a bad performance this week, Jake. But it could come down to a field goal. I don't know how you're feeling, but it could definitely come down to a field goal last minute. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, number four we have here, Operation Stop 250-250. You mentioned it. Urban Meyer, he wants to come out and pass for 250 yards and rush for 250 yards each and every single week. And Josh, the amount of teams that have rushed and passed for 250 yards in a game all time, zero. Never happened. So I'm a little scared. I mentioned it before that this could happen. You instantly see that 250 and you wonder if that's something James Robinson can do. However, he was bananas last week and he still came up 100 yards short. He finished with 18 carries, 149 yards. And Josh, this is a running back I think the Dolphins might actually do better with. I think they struggle a little bit more with the fast guys who can kind of wiggle away from players. James Robinson, someone who's going to run right through you. And hopefully that's, you know, the 
one time a Landon Roberts can hit the right hole and, and you know, meet in the middle. Damn, too soon for that. <laughs> Actually, I, lo- I love that. Dude, uh, James Robinson, I mean, he's a player that's dynamic, and I think, you know, we see what type of running back he is there. I mean, when when the Jags drafted Travis Etienne, everyone's like, why did they draft him? They had James Robinson. He's a very good running yep. back. So, you know, the first second I heard this 250 for 250, I, you know, pooped my pants a little bit and did get a little concerned because for as bad as the Dolphins have been at stopping the run, I mean, we've seen, you know, Peyton Barber break off big runs. We've seen, you know, James White have successful games. I mean, James Robinson's a very good running back. So if they can establish the run and stick to it, um, you know, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for 250 yards. I, I don't think they're going to get 250 yards on the ground. But again, with the way the Dolphins have been playing, you know, stranger things have happened. And I think one of the biggest components to this game is neither of these teams can stop the run, Josh. Miami has allowed their opponents to possess the ball for 58% of games. That's the league's second worst mark. Jacksonville's 29th at 57%. I have a feeling this game might be over in like record time if these two teams start running the football. Josh, you do seem to think that the Jaguars are going to be able to move the ball. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but where do you see this game going? How do you see this score shaking out? Where is it going to be a shootout? Is Jacksonville going to pull away from Miami? Are you going to record yourself saying that the Dolphins are going to lose to win this Jacksonville Jaguars? Is that something you're ready to admit? No, I'm not going to admit that. I will never admit that. <laughs> this is the one game where I'm going to be back in confident. I think last week I had the Dolphins getting annihilated, but this week, man, we're back on track. I am a little worried, though, with the, you know, their ability to control the clock. I mean, 70 yards a game on the ground. I mean, you just can't win football Yuck. games with that. So dead last in football and running the ball. So, um, you know, you can see where the points are down, you know, the passing yards down, you can see that it's all just, you know, the perfect storm for this offense to be bad. So Jake, I don't really know how this game's going to unfold. I can't sit here and say, you know, the dolphins will run away the Jags. I don't think it's going to be that way at all. I think it'll be a little bit uglier than we expect. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'll wait to give a prediction later down the road, but I do think, you know, Jacksonville is going to go out there. They're going to try to establish the run and, and, and let Trevor Lawrence, you know, see the defense, what they're giving him. He can do those things that we saw at Clemson because, I mean, we talk about this matchup. I mean, a year ago, Tua versus T- Trevor Lawrence, that's a freaking marquee, like heavyweight fight. And, you know, this year, you know, people are down on Tua. Some people are down on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's just crazy how far they've fallen from one year ago. Josh, and number five, I mean, Justin Bieber is going to be performing live on Sunday. And simply that's it. We're going to be the little fangirls screaming, let Tua cook. Josh, I think the biggest questions about Tua coming back is, is this offense actually going to get better? It has been abysmal through five weeks. This was supposed to be a team that built a offense around their franchise quarterback. Will Fuller is not playing. Devontae Parker is not playing. We know about the issues on the offensive line. So do you see this offense looking the same? Is it going to be the same unit we saw against the New England Patriots? Or do you see the volume and targets start to change as the Dolphins are getting more comfortable and more games start to uh, get under their belt? Jake, I sure hope we don't see the same offense that we saw that first week. I mean, yes, they went out there and won the game. Yes, you know, they had some success. But, I mean, I really want to see more out of this offense. I want to see more out of Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, you mentioned it. We're going to be like fangirls. I know I will be. I already have some gifs ready to go. You know, I'm already ready to scream <laughs> into the camera if something good happens. But um, I just want to see some promise and some hope and just, you know, the ability to, when you need a big play, to go out there and execute it. I mean, yep. it just sounds so cliche and so maybe negative. But, I mean, when you go out there and it just feels like, I mean, we mentioned it in previous podcasts. I mean, the offense was just, you know, go, going on these, yeah, hopeless. They were going on these drives and just to nothing. So I, I want to see Tua come out there and, and truly just see this entire offense take shape. But Jake, you mentioned it. It's just so frustrating that, 
Um, you know, we thought they were building this offense around Tua. We thought they were helping him with this offensive line. And so far, that really hasn't been the case. So hopefully this the play calling's better. Hopefully Tua just has a better understanding of everything. And hopefully he's healthy because, honestly, if he's not healthy, none of this matters. So I think we'll be shouting from every rooftop, let Tua cook, and hopefully they're listening to us. The Dolphins are 3.5 favorites, and the over-under is set at 46.5. Obviously, Vegas doesn't think this is going to be too high scoring of a game. Josh, I'm going to give you my fantasy player first, and I just said it. It's Preston Williams. He had five targets last, last week. I think that opportunity is going to grow. I like this pick, frankly, because I don't have to say Miles Gaskin for another week, despite the fact he did go off last week. Um it's just a fresh ripple to the offense. I think Albert Wilson might be another guy who gets more involved. It's just weird that we're at this spot where we thought the Miami Dolphins had so much depth at receiver and just the offense has struggled so much. So it, it's a little bit of a strange spot, but based on the context clues I've seen, I think Preston Williams is a someone you can really take advantage of. I'm sure you can get him everywhere and anywhere. Or or you look like that Homer Dolphins fan when he has uh, zero catches on one target and you lose your fantasy game. Again, I feel like you're always attacking me with those things because, you know, I pressed Williams in so many leagues. Um, you know, you mentioned wide receiver. and I was going to make a joke. I mean, at some point, you know, if the Dolphins choose to franchise tag Mike Kosicki, at what point could he be like, no, nah, man, I'm actually a wide receiver. They don't even use me as a tight end. So, I, I mean, we go back and forth between these guys. I was going to go with Mike Kosicki. I mean, I think, again, mm-hmm. just what he can do to this offense, that seam threat. I want to see him get more involved. Four catches last week for 43 yards. Let's get back to that Raiders game where I think he was targeted, what, like 13 times, had 10 catches. 86 yards. And, you know, so I, I want to see Mike Kosicki be that player. And I think he'll go out there. We'll have a touchdown, five, six catches, and he'll be that fantasy guy. I'd love to say Miles Gaskin, but um, fool me once, shame on me or, or whatever that damn saying is. Yeah, I like the Mike Kosicki pick. He's the 10th overall fantasy tight end in half point PPR. Josh, the only concern for me is, is simply the offense is going to be a little different. You wonder, are the Dolphins going to have to reinstall Mike Gasicki with, with Tua and his progressions? It's more for me just the fear of the unknowns. I've been on the Gasicki Hill, and, and don't get me wrong, I'll be very happy if he scores three touchdowns. Josh, I wanted want to say so bad that the Dolphins are going to get in the running car and win this game 40-10, to 10, but it's just not going to happen. I started to settle my expectations, finally, that the team is 1-4. and four. Um I truly think this team is going to finish strong. I think it's going to be an awkward game. I think it's going to be like that Washington game. I think it was 2017. I brought it up earlier. The Dolphins won that on a punt return. I think it's going to be a very awkward game. Maybe the Dolphins win by 10, maybe like a 27-17, 24-17. But the signs are there where this is a big one they should win. But I mean, like you just said, we've been fooled enough. That's where I'm at. I think, you know, this game is going to be much harder than us fans think. I mean, fans are, I mean, we've seen it. Twitter's going to be bitching and moaning if this game isn't a blowout. And, and that's kind they of, will if it is. yeah. And so I was thinking 24, 23, but I look at it now, Bavado now has the spread down to three and the over under at 47. So 24, 23 would be kind of a, a cop out in a way, but that's where I'm going to go. Missed extra point. Yeah. Matthew, right. Is Matthew wrong? Okay. <laughs> is Matthew wrong? Yes. Matthew's wrong. Let's go 24, 23. I, I like that, Jake. Josh, I love it. I don't know what it is. I've been pretty excited about this game. I being on the East coast, I don't know about you. I actually enjoy having a nine 30 game. It's refreshing to wake up to that. I'm someone who wakes up at seven, eight o'clock anyway. Until, so until it's they a lose, nice way right? to start the day. Until they and then lose, they and lose then... I'm miserable all day. Everything's terrible, but until then, Josh, we're going to keep the hopes high. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back. Sunday, Monday, sometime then with reactions. Hopefully we have a little bit of positive news. Hopefully Preston Williams and Tua ball out. And, you know, we have a little bit of progress going into the Falcons next week.
Can't wait, Jake. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Like we always say, subscribe to the podcast. If there's ever anything you need from us, reach out. Our DMs are always open. I'm Josh Houts. You can find me on Twitter, at Houts. And that is my co-host, the one, the only, Jake Mendel. Follow him at, at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. For the Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. Let's do a cook. Fins up. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami